Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Captain Proton. I mean, Random Trek. I am your faithful, fully in color, Captain Christopher Ingle. Joined as always by my sidekick, Buster Kincaid. I mean, Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar. Brennan, how we doing? Your Majesty, we are visitors. <laughs> Raise the lightning shield. <laughs> yes, today we are having a little bit of fun as we're getting into the holidays with season five, episode 12 of Star Trek Voyager, The Bride of Chaotica. And mm -hmm. this is one of my all-time guilty pleasures. I love this episode so much. It's not inherently great, I'll say that now, but it's just juicy fun for somebody who does voiceover work and loves that era of radio and television. This is a treat. Mm -hmm. Brent, what did you think going into it? Well, I absolutely love the Flash Golden Buck Rogers aesthetic mm -hmm. of the Captain Proton Adventures, which is, for those listening who may not know, this episode is based on the old 30s um, serial space operas, which is a heavy influence for Star Wars. So it's that kind of old-fashioned fun. And um, I had seen this episode a few times. So I was very excited when the randomizer gave us this episode. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's definitely one that's on a rewatch list for me. It's just, again, juicy fun. Love it. It's very much in the tradition of, like, the Trouble with Tribbles. And it is. It's very, and you know what? If I, could, episodes of Star if Trek. I could put it this way, it is very Star Trek B-movie. It is a mm -hmm. B-movie style for Star Trek, and it works, mm -hmm. especially for this. But let's get right into it. So we are introduced to uh, Tom Paris on the holodeck, uh, with uh, Ensign Kim uh, as Buster Kincaid, as, as uh, Captain Proton and Buster Kincaid uh, in a holodeck adventure, which is all in black and white. Um, and they are forced to leave the program. Something goes wrong. They're running uh, a, a program where they're taking on uh, the evil, uh, 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 the, the evil Dr. Chaotica. Mm -hmm. uh, and something goes on. They kind of take a jolt. The whole Voyager takes a jolt. And they get stuck, uh, kind of like a ship that runs on a sandbar, but Voyager has run on a sandbar of subspace. So they're stuck. Um, but as they get stuck, these fissures open up on the holodeck. And Tom and 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 uh, Harry not sure what they are, and it wreaks havoc on the systems the holodeck keeps working but they can't exit they can't pause the program they can't do anything it just keeps running so they go ahead and site to site out uh and they're working they start working on a way to free the ship and they're kind of trapped there actually for a couple of days with the program site to site transport out of the holodeck mm -hmm. yep um so as they are working the program is is continuously going well out of these fissures come these two individuals that are dressed in appropriate 1920s and 30s attire. And they look like they're part of the program, except they came out of these fissures. 
And what we find is that they are from what Dr. Chaotica calls the fifth dimension. They are not uh, carbon-based life forms like us. They are photonic-based life forms. So they are from a dimension, uh, a reality, where matter consists not with carbon-based, but photons. So that's really interesting. And then something I think the doctor mentions is really fascinating. <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't believe that Voyager is real, that Paris or any of them is real. The only thing they think is real is the world that exists within the holodeck. Uh, but Chaotica keeps firing his weapons at them and ends up killing one of them and then using his death ray uh, to fire at the the um, the fissures, which is deadly to these aliens, to these photonic beings. Mm -hmm. So Tom figures that what we need to do is we, we need the, a war is breaking out on the holodeck and they've got to stop it. They can't shut down the program. They you know, and can't move. All right, if we could stop these fissures from going, maybe we can get out of here. Okay. So they figure to go in uh, and, and do what they can. And Tom realizes, all right, we need to conv convince them in the terms of the program. They we don't need think to we're finish real. the story. We need to finish the story, right? So the story itself uh, involves Chaotica falling in love with the evil Queen Arachnia. Mm. And he determines that we need a Queen Arachnia to go in and stop Chaotica so we can shut down that lightning shield so they're not killing aliens anymore. We need to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but he decide Tom decides that the person who might fit the costume and the character best is Captain Janeway. Mm -hmm. So Captain Janeway reluctantly, after they look at Seven first, which is just kind of funny, even Tuvok mm -hmm. looks at Seven, uh, but Tom has the captain in mind. Uh, he teaches her how to be like Arachnia. We kind of go through this lesson of the differences between this very B-movie, very 1930s Buck Rogers style terminology compared to that. For example, uh, they're not Earthlings, they're Terrans. It's not... Yeah, they're uh, the other way around. Uh, are you... It's the other way around. They're not Terrans. It's, I'm sorry, yeah. Not Terrans, it's Earthlings. It's not a screen, it's an Imagizer. Uh, it goes and on and on and on. You use big grandiose language when you're speaking. The fiendishness of your plan. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Very Star like Wars. So. Very Star Wars. So much so. Um, but uh, Janeway ends up going in and tries to seduce Chaotica and <laughs> succeeds at first. But Chaotica being the villain that he does, uh, she wants to shut down the lightning shield. He doesn't want to do that. He's like, no, 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 no. But we shall be together and rule the cosmos. And she keeps trying to charm him. Eventually, she says, I will marry you. <laughs> just, to, just to kind of throw it off. Um, but I'd like you to lower the shield so my soldiers can pay homage to you. Homage, as she says, <laughs> uh, to you. Uh, but eventually... It, these things are not working. It's mm -hmm. not happening. So Janeway kind of takes matters into her own hands and grabs a uh, a weapon, a holographic weapon, and fires it and kind of turns the tables. But they trap Janeway in uh, uh, the confinement rings, which is a, a trap. 
Speaking um, of Star Wars related things. Mm-hmm. So Janeway gets trapped, and the only way she has to possibly turn the tides is the pheromones. In the story, Chaotica has a bottle of pheromones that are irresistible. They are from Queen Arachnia, and she mm. uses them to lure Chaotica's henchmen over to untie her, which she does, and she takes over the room uh, and manages to stop Chaotica and everyone else in the room, um, turns off the shield, and Captain Proton, Tom Paris, in his rocket ship, are able to destroy with the destructo beam, uh, mm-hmm. destroy the the uh, um, the death ray. Uh, I can't help too when I think death ray, I have to say it like Chaotica does. Oh, death ray, so grandiose, and I, I love when it. Of course, he touches it; it just throws the moment. He does. Uh, and the only other character which really helps here is the doctor, who actually has an important role. They send the doctor into into this program. And the aliens meet him and they realize, oh, he's photonic. He's real. They listen to him, but he pretends to be the president of Earth and convinces them to hold off their attack. So that way, Proton and his crew can stop uh, Chaotica, which which goes through. And of course, the end question. <laughs> yes, uh, Cha- uh, Chaotica seemingly dies, but in the style of, of the ending, it shows the end, and then you see a question mark and you hear the laugh of Chaotica. <laughs> so malicious and questioning. As he killed himself accidentally by touching the death ray. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is just so much fun. It's just mm-hmm. juicy. It's juicy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what do we think? I, 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 The main point here, Chaotica, what do we think of Kate Mulgrew putting on the the uh, Chaotic, or the uh, uh, Queen Arachnia persona? Yeah, absolutely perfect. Kate Mulgrew is amazing in this. I love when she goes back and forth and you can see it. The moments she's thinking as Janeway versus playing as Arachnia. Mm-hmm. So much fun. The rolling eyes, but just the way she goes at things is, is so much fun. And I heard, you know, uh, but we want to be together. I don't know how to tell you this. Fires the 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 laser at her. Or at I her. love that if you watch closely. 709 and Chakotay are laughing when Tom is trying to explain it to Captain Jane. And it's unlike Tuvok, but I wouldn't think that uh, Tim Russ might not have had a chuckle or two. Mm. Just a little bit. Poor Tim mm-hmm. Russ in that scene. That's <laughs> to play the straight man, always. Mm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, this, you know, th- this is just, it's juicy fun. This That's- is the, this is the, um, <laughs> Cupid, this is the um um uh, you know the various fun episodes of all the shows. Mm-hmm. Like the like the uh Carman Bashir. Mm-hmm. It's in the tradition of the these are just good, solid, fun, silly, don't take it too seriously kind of episodes. But we do get uh, a a, a a usable Star Trek meme out of this, which I love. We all know Janeway's love of of, of coffee. Uh, the distortions oh, that are there mm-hmm. are messing with the systems. She mm-hmm. runs into into the mess, and Neelix is like, "We got some problems," and she just shuts him up and goes, "Coffee, black." And Neelix keeps going, "I'm sorry, we're down two more replicators." Look, listen to me carefully, because I'm going to say this once: coffee, black. <laughs> it's like. I, I love that again. This is a, a, yeah, a Jane Ray's coffee obsession. Yes. Yes. 
I I love it. This is and you cool. know I never had coffee a day in my life, so I don't really? know. I don't know the appeal of it. I don't like coffee either. I like the smell of it. Oh yeah, I don't. When like I go into like Barnes and Noble and the coffee smell, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know I never had coffee. Not my thing. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Actually, we get most, you, we, yeah, we should get you a Janeway. Most of the members of my church do not drink coffee. That's just one little thing. And oh, oh, the horrible pun that she does is as uh, Arachnia. Mm. I see you've had my pheromones. I didn't know you were the sentimental type. I didn't realize oh. it was a pun till later. And I went, oh no. Oh, is that isn't that awful? It's that's a dead a dead joke right there. It is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Th- this is this is just so much. I don't know. Dad jokes actually work on your kids or not. <laughs> But there, um, I will say there is a behind the scenes story for this that is actually practical, which explains why we have this story. And I didn't know this. Yes. So apparently on the Paramount lot, uh, there was a fire on the bridge set during that season, during season five. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they conceived of this episode as a way to stay off of the bridge as much as possible. And I think we only see the bridge once. I think pretty close. Maybe, maybe twice. Yeah. And it's quick. It's not a lot. So due to a fire, they conceived of this so they could do a holodeck episode and keep it there. Um, mm-hmm. Actually. So this um, it's not the first time that we've had captain proton. Uh, but it definitely is, is the epi- most prolific. The episode Night, I believe, was mm-hmm. the first time we saw it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it introduced the idea of using Captain Proton. It gave them that... Uh, that that Which Star Trek Elite Force lets you do a little Captain Proton. And then they, they do pick on themselves, which is great. Mm-hmm. Because uh, during the opening, uh, Harry Kim uh, comments to Tom Paris that Planet X looks a lot like the minds of mercury in this in the previous episode uh this is of course a reference to all the caves and the style of of episode that is used all the time uh lower decks used this joke about the caves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had a whole episode about caves Amen. uh they reuse it all the time regularly um particularly next gen season one <laughs> yeah um Tim Russ, surprisingly, actually was the biggest advocate for this episode. He mm-hmm. wanted to do something in black and white. Just something he's always wanted to do and absolutely loved about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he has said that this is one of his favorite episodes due to getting to do comedy. Even though he's a straight man, he never gets to do comedy. Well, you know what's funny about Tubuck? Hmm. Tubuck is hilarious. Without being the one to actually crack the jokes, he's hilarious. Do you remember when Neelix, and I hope we get to review that one, when Neelix leaves and he, and he, he, he Neelix passes or gets to it in uh, Tuvok. And one of the things Neelix always wanted was to see Tuvok dance. Tuvok just puts out his yes. foot, shakes yes. his foot. Mm-hmm. Like that's so sentimental and yet funny at the same time. Well, and, and Tuvok is hilarious because talk about one liners. He is the mm-hmm. king of one liners. Mm hmm. So much so. Absolutely. You know, and here's the thing, it, and this is blasphemy, but I think uh, I think you'll understand. To me, he's actually the more seminal Vulcan. Because Spock is half Vulcan. 
We deal with a lot of problems with Spock. Good point. But Good point. we never had a full Vulcan, really, point. on regular until Tuvok. Good point. So we, I think we get a lot more out of Tuvok. And if you think about it, not by time, but by episodes, Tuvok was in a lot more than yeah. Nimoy ever was. That is absolutely true. So we've got to develop more about Vulcan culture and time thanks to Tuvok. And apparently he's got a human, like, doppelganger, apparently, mm -hmm. from, the, from the Enterprise B. He did. Uh, that's actually what inspired them to put him aboard the Excelsior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I yep. wanted, I, if he wasn't for the ears, I wanted to believe that that was actually Tuvok. Mm -hmm. I wanted to believe it. That didn't happen. But Yeah, he got his ears stuck in something. He had death surgery. <laughs> Maybe he was posing as a Maquis again. No, he got his ears stuck in a, in a rice sticker. That's a deep yeah. cut. It could be. Absolutely could be. Uh, I love the joke, too, about Paris saying we should all get out and push. That was ad-libbed. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I love that. Makes sense. Great phrase. Scotty said Robert Duncan McNeil. Robert Duncan McNeil is great. Yes. Um. Oh, oh. And we've made reference to this before. The Bride of Chaotica, when you um take a look at the Enterprise episode Cogenitor, when they're watching... Uh, films. Tucker is watching films with the cogenitor. That's if right. You look at the yes. list. The Bride of Chaotica is listed in that in that list. Oh, I like that. That's fun. It is. That is a neat little thing. It, it tells me that that's right because Tucker is such a movie fan. But what I think what that tells us too is that Tom and Tom says he has a love of 20th century things. You know, but that tells us that. For the most part, these films or these stories are older than this in the Star Trek world. It's mm. not something new. This has been around as long, you know, since the 20th yeah. century. Yeah. So I love that. That's awesome. Uh, kind of bringing that in and there. It's all being written by Benny Russell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe, isn't that the way it is? I think. Seriously, they, they, I, I think that was the. Didn't... They wanted to do that, but then they didn't decide to actually make it official that all of Star Trek is being written by this African American. Mm -hmm. So I would have loved it if, let's just say, let's just say in our head canon, it is. Yeah, I'd like to bring it all together. Yeah, I love in it. our heads, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th this is so much fun. It, it's it's a simple blast. If you love B-movies style, mm -hmm. or even if you love like old radio dramas and things like that, this is for you. This is, as you said, you know, in that same vein as Flash Gordon, uh, in that mm -hmm. same vein as, as so many others. I was thinking of The Shadow and mm. uh, uh, The Phantom and things like what that. evil works in the hearts of men, The Shadow but that really is what this feels like. It's it's mm. that B movie. And you're right. This goes on, not this episode, but that style goes on to inspire Star Wars. And I'll mm -hmm. argue things like Lost in Space, Star Trek. We don't get yep. that. Yep. We don't get that without these. Yep. So, uh, oh, and the first uh, reference that uh, uh, Janeway served on the Albatani, which gets mentioned mm -hmm. quite mm -hmm. a bit. Uh, that was her ship right before. I love the little things that we get. Uh, mm. Just tiny things as we we go uh, under Admiral, or at the time Captain Paris. Oh yeah, 
Um, final thoughts on this one. It's great. Do not miss this one. It's good fun. Just like I said, it's in the tradition of the fun episodes of Star Trek. This is one of the overall better Voyager episodes. Mm-hmm. So much so. And again, content-wise, it's not that great. It really isn't. It has no real consequences outside of much. But like Trouble with Triples, like, you know, uh, and now that has grown a little bit in its consequence. Yeah. But like Cube did, like, yeah, other, yeah. you know, Yeah, it's fun. That's the point. And I like it when Star Trek gets to have fun uh, and, and have a blast. Yeah. And right in the end this year. Right in the end this year. It's going to happen. It It'll will. happen one day. It will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, roaring recommendation from both you and I. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Next week, and next... play Star Trek Voyager Elite Force because sometimes you get to go Melodic and see the Captain right. and stuff. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> next week, down the line, down in the line, we are going to Animation Station. Uh, that's what I'm calling it anyway. Oh boy, we're gonna do a double feature of the animated series as well as Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Do our animator. What is it going to give us this week? We will. All right. So I the got two. Randomizer has been nice to us the last two weeks. So let's see. How I, this I have goes. to do it twice. So let's see. So for the animated series, uh, animated series is going to be season two, episode twenty-one. How sharper than a serpent's tooth? Uh-huh. Is the that the one with? It? I think so. Is that the one with the giant lizard? It cuts corner. I think so. I, I it might be. I could look it up. I don't know. I just by the title, taking a guess. I, I think it's the last episode of, of the animated series. I think it's possible. I, okay. That's very possible. Yes. And then lower decks. Yes, absolutely. Uh lower decks season three episode four. Room for growth. I don't remember, I don't which remember what happens in that one. <laughs> Let me look really quick. Uh, because I like to give us just a uh, just a general idea. Just a general yeah. idea. Room for growth, lower decks. And this tells that... you, ladies and gentlemen, this truly is random because I don't remember what every episode is about. Is this one in Moopsy or no? This is no, this is no, this is season three. Uh, this is the one where Mariner, Boimler, and Tendi clash with Delta Shift. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And the Cerritos engineers are forced to go on mandatory relaxation leave. Oh, that's right. And and Rutherford can't. <laughs> yes. Let's see. How Sharper. Right. I'm looking real quick. And it I is. Yes. The last episode. How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. Uh, it says episode five, but my randomizer said 21. Uh, it could be a little off, but it is indeed the one with the Kukul uh, Khan. I don't know. Kukul-Kan. We'll discuss Kukul-Kan. that because that is a subject of contention. They say it like three different ways in the show. Well, uh, you know what? You know our Star Wars references earlier? They can't pronounce things right in Star Wars. So. <laughs> That's All true. Right. But yes, we will be taking a look at both of those. Uh, the week after that... See, we will be doing Star Trek Picard end of this month. No, I'm not gonna randomize it. No. Uh end of this month, uh, or beginning of the year, by the time you get this, we will finish off our cycle with Star Trek Picard. But we have one more bonus right after that. Brandon and I are gonna take a look 
at the very short treks that were released this year in honor of the anniversary of the animated series. We're going to take a look at all of them in one fell swoop. One thing, though. There's something we're doing before that. Uh, Gremlins, I believe. Yes. Yes, our movie of the month is Gremlins, and we will be having our friend Eric. Uh, Dirty Uncle Eric, we love him so much, uh, but he is the self-proclaimed biggest Gremlins fan in the world, and we had to have him on for And Gremlins. we will be watching it for the very first time. Yes. Uh, I'm it, excited for that. it will be our final episode of 2023. Well, that'll be a trade-off because... Uh, not to spoil anything, there's a movie with a certain commander's father who might be joining us down the line that I have not seen. So I'm excited that uh, The Martian. <laughs> that will be coming down the line as well, uh, as has been requested. Uh, so we will get there. But we have a lot of great things coming into the new year. Brennan, where can the people find you? You can find me on X at Brennan Mystical. You can find me on Threads and Instagram. <laughs> Run in blue on blue sky and Facebook. At Run in Mart, you can find this podcast. Please give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Under page turners, they will not stay anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitch or Twitter at C Ingle 1984. All right. Well, as always, we end every episode. Kapla! And live long and prosper. Peace and one life.